When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is the match review. A Callum Wilson brace secured Newcastle a 2-1 victory over Everton in a game they were largely comfortable for, for most part. We'll hear from Lee Ryder, head coach Steve Bruce and Kieran Kelly on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Newcastle United up to 11th and more importantly 10 points from the drop zone following a 2-1 victory over Everton. Callum Wilson got both the goals, one from the spot and another from close range before dominant Calvin Lewin pulled one back in added time. But other than the final few moments, United looked comfortable and good value for the victory. Steve Bruce made only one change to that starting 11 that drew at Wolves, Sean Longstaff in for Ryan Fraser. While Jacob Murphy kept his spot at right wing back as Bruce continued with five at the back. It was good news to see that Lascelles had passed a late fitness test. He was a doubt. But alongside Fernandes and Chair, he put in a really good performance. We'll now hear from our Chief Sports writer Lee Ryder, who was up at St James's Park. So Newcastle United take a 2 1 win against Everton and a result that I think everybody would have, you know, grabbed with both hands before the game. Um, given the way Newcastle have played, um, they got the balance pretty much spot on today in terms of they got the defending right, um, but also they were a real threat on the on the break and you know took the chances in the second half. You know when they came their way, I did fear that they'd wasted an opportunity in the first half when say Maximan probably should have uh, finished at the leaders' end. Uh, but, you know, it was such a dire first half. There was not much to write home about. But the game really did sort of uh, explode in life a little bit after the break. Um, and Newcastle were probably full value for being 2-0 up. But then, you know, typical typical Newcastle, um, it never seems to come easy. And Everton pulling that goal back late on through Carver-Lewin, you know, set up a tense finish. And it's been mentioned on, you know, more than one occasion, the... Uh, game at Goodison Park where Newcastle were the ones who scored twice in stoppage time he did think it was potentially going to be Evans' turn to do it today but Newcastle they held on even with the goalkeeper getting thrown up uh, late on in the game when they you know they could have uh could have, could have snatched it. They really could, because Evan have, have got the quality despite all the players that were missing today. Um, you know, it's it's proved to be a good day to face Everton today for Newcastle uh, without Hammers Rodriguez. And you know, you th- you think that going into the next game at Southampton, they, they really did need to take something today. Um, they've done it. They're in the top half of the table. There's a huge gap now between them and the bottom three, but they should really be looking up the table because this season is, it, it's going to be a, a, a freak campaign in my opinion, because there's going to be one team that can really push on. Um, so hopefully, you know, Newcastle can build on this. They've still got a lot to improve. There's no doubt about that, but you can't knock them today. They've beaten Everton 2 1, who had been top of the table before this weekend. So I think it's probably a win worth celebrating because it does feel like these big wins don't come around too often. 
So that was Levi at Opus and Jim's Park. Now, just before we hear from Kieran Kelly and Steve Bruce, just a quick reminder of the competition we're running where one of you, our lucky listeners, are going to be giving a copy of Football Manager 2021. It's very simple to enter. All you have to do is leave a review on iTunes of this very podcast. It doesn't have to be a five-star. just has to be an open, honest, constructive review. That's what we like and polite as well. Please don't be offensive. You then have to also fill in the form which will be attached to every tweet of the podcast that goes out. It'll be in the live blogs. It'll be in some articles as well. It's well-labeled, so you'll know what you're filling in, where you have to send in the review as well as your details. We will then draw the winner in the podcast on November the 17th, and you'll have to tune in. You'll be given a special code word, and then you have to email in to claim your prize within 48 hours. It's a fantastic prize. You'll get given the game, the access to Football Manager 2021 before anybody else as well. The game itself comes out on November the 24th. Everyone's very excited for it. I'm sure you guys are. Good luck with the competition. Kieran, Newcastle get a victory against a very good Everton side. In truth, other than the last six minutes or so, I think there's a fair argument to say Newcastle were on top. They looked comfortable. I don't even think that's too far of a stretch to say. How do you sum up that game? Yeah, it was... uh... An interesting one, really. I think it was, I felt before this game was a good time to play Everton. You know, they were without so many key players. So you have Richarlison, Seamus Coleman, uh, Dina, the, the fullback, and of course, James. So it's one thing it being a good time to play them, though. Another thing is actually going out there and getting the result. And maybe there have been times recently where Newcastle, you felt, you know, maybe the Manchester United game, they could have got more from that. They should have done more. They should have had a, a different strategy at times. Um, whereas this game, you know, was one of those times where everything fell into place, but the, the tactics, the game plan, um, it, it just looked a lot better. I thought against Wolves, you know, there was, you had to say, you know, at times defensively, they did their jobs well uh, to limit how much, you know, shots on goal Wolves were having because that's been a real problem for Newcastle. And against Everton, they... They kind of got the balance right where they were defensively solid, a good shape without the ball, with the five at the back. But equally, they still able to offer something on the counter-attack. And I know, to be fair, there weren't many chances in the game, but if you were to look at the best chances, Newcastle probably had them. I, I know that inevitably includes the goals, but you think of that breakaway they had on the first shot on target and having for half an hour is a pretty poor first half. Um, but that breakaway was just kind of a... a a glimpse of what Almiron, Sam Maximin and Wilson can all do together. And it's funny that it wasn't Wilson who actually finished it, but Sam Maximin who, who ultimately had the chance. But um, I just think it was one of those performances where, um, you know, staff, journalists, fans, uh, the players would probably be all in agreement with that. It was it was something to build on now because uh, it's, it's pretty rare, you know, Newcastle get back-to-back, you know, points um, from, from two games, get four points from two games like that. Um, and the key really is that they don't go out now against Southampton on Friday and throw out all that good work that they're able to come away f- with that game from, with something because I think they want to get into the top 10 this season. As mad as the season's been, I think they just need that consistency now because uh, we've seen already this season where one week they're having a horror show and the next week they're getting a good result. They just need now to kind of, I know we've been saying this probably for 15 months, but just to, to keep it ticking along. But this was 
it was a good result. What do you think the changes have been? Has it been they've just been working hard on the training pitch? You know, because to go from where they were after Manchester United, and then it was uh, it was a half and half performance at best against Wolves. You know, they were quite lucky. Wolves were wasteful, and then today they turned up and they've arguably played Everton off the park. And that might be a stretch, but <laughs> they, put, they performed really well. What's the difference been? Has it just been that maybe Steve Bruce has thought, you know what, we'll settle on this five at the back, we'll settle on Jacob Murphy in the wing back role, and we'll 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 go from there. And he's he's going to give this a bit of a, um, it's got that, that that formation might stay with Newcastle for the next few games. Yeah, I think the the system change has been key because um, the the three centre backs have been really solid. I think Fernandez, you know, today was brilliant, and you look at what Cher gives them. Uh, with his passing range, that's really important. You know, the, the couple of occasions where he's pinging balls into the channels and, you know, that's invaluable. And, and Cher, in fairness to him, he's played a lot of games in midfield, really, since the restart. And you're actually seeing the benefit of him getting a run of games in a three where he's, he's comfortable. And as you said, Murphy, uh, I thought defensively again today, he was, he was good. And he obviously gives them that natural width going forward. And then, of course... Um, in midfield, I thought Longstaff really made a big difference and, uh, you know, his first start of the season in the Premier League and uh, he just they just had that bit of, bit of a better balance where, you know, Almiron could um, get forward more, but obviously he tracks back so well, but Longstaff just, you know, he's, it's so obvious, but to actually have someone who can play in midfield, play in midfield, makes a world of a difference in a game like this. Whereas last week, you had Fraser and Almiro, a lot fell to Hendrick then to sweep up, or they're getting pulled back. So you're not getting the best out of those three. Weirdly, the the biggest thing I take away from the system is it's Sam Axman still kind of finding his role in it. And it's really weird saying that because he's been given kind of license to roam and to be free, but the past two games, maybe we've not seen him at his absolute best. And maybe that, that probably will come with time, you know, as, as they get used to playing, because it's not like the fight at the back they played before. It's like a fight 3 one one and the width has come from the wing-backs rather than actual wingers. So um, I think it, it's something he's going to stick with now moving forward. I felt he was going to use it again today, and I think today's probably given him more encouragement and confidence because... I think Newcastle have been switching around a lot this season. You know, when hit the 4-4-2 at the start of the season, he thought, OK, I'm going to stick with that against Brighton. He rips it up after Brighton because that was a poor display. And they've kind of moved around with different systems, whereas this may be the first time in a while that he's had a formation that's worked in two games and you can take that to Southampton now. With answer, Max, when there has been a lot of debate on Twitter and social media to whether this free role is kind of, well, because again today, like we say, he didn't have the best of games against Wolves. He was largely ineffective as well. Is it a case that he is better suited out on the wide and, but to have this set up, Steve Bruce is just trying to fit him in to that number 10, that kind of free roll and it's not really working. I mean, I think he also said he wanted to play in that kind of position yeah. anyway. Um, so, I mean, only he will probably know, but looking at it, looking at the past two games, he's not been himself it was suggest that maybe he's got the new contract and he's not working as hard I don't think that is the case um, what, what, how would you sum it up because the, the past two performances he hasn't been 
as effective as we're used to. And Ryan Fraser came on today, had 16 minutes and, and did more than Alan St. Maximum, arguably he's done against Wolves and today against Everton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just, it shows the, the high standards we expect from him really that if he has, you know, two, just say five or six out of 10 performances, it's like, oh, that, that, that's unusual. And, uh, you know, I, I think he he does like playing centrally, but we kind of saw last time, last season, there were times where maybe he played kind of as like a second striker, didn't really work. And he does like to be on the wing, but equally he loves those areas are in around the pockets. And I think you couldn't get a better compliment for him that he has been given a free role because how many players in the Premier League have that luxury and it shows how much... Bruce trusts him and how important he is to the side. But what I would say is, you you obviously you can't rely on him every game. There's there's not many players you can rely on every game. It's not really fair on him. Um, but the good thing for Newcastle has been that they've had others who stepped up, and maybe that's been the issue in the past where you know it's been some maximum, and if he doesn't play well, Newcastle don't win. Whereas you see what Wilson does; he's arguably their talisman. You know, everything goes through him one way or the other and you saw what Almiron does maybe it might be going forward all the time but that energy and and what he does and the build up to things is huge so I wouldn't be too worried about it I don't think it's the, the contract necessarily or anything but I think he's his big chance as I've said before is that he's not a one in three game kind of a player that he it's so hard to be the spark like he is every week, but that you can just see him make those contributions, those little bits where he's involved. And he just at times wasn't really involved. And it's it's rare you see him soaked. You know, I, I know he had a dead leg, but we, we've seen him play on with those before. And to see Fraser come on, I just, I guess if you look at that as a positive and that they actually have another game changer they can throw on now who really impressed. He was so rapid to... For the the second goal, and I think it's a good problem they have now. And I've no doubt, you know, he'll be he'll be back on on form again. It's it's a case for him just getting that consistency, and, and that's what's going to take him to the next level, and that's where he wants to be. We're going to talk about Callum Wilson in just a moment. We'll hear what Steve Bruce had to say about the striker. But just a word for Almiron, another top performance today defensively as well. You know, tracking back, and he's really putting that side to his game together perhaps something that didn't get noticed before maybe it wasn't as good as it has been recently and we know he's been in and out of the side but especially the past two games he's proved that he is a he is an asset going back and that's so important in a setup where you know you are going to be under pressure for most of the game and you are looking to to hit the teams on the counter and of course his speed as we saw for the answer maximum chance is absolutely key because he picks it up and he just travels at speed over large distances, but at the same time, he's also sticking a foot in here and there and helping out, uh, you know, helping out Jamal Lewis or whoever he's in front of. Yeah, it's like you, you can't imagine many, you know, attacking players, number 10s or wingers who would be able to adjust to that role as essentially a third central midfielder. And um, again, we, we've spoken about his attitude before when he wasn't in the team, he wasn't necessarily throwing his toys out of the prime. He was trying to do his level best whenever he came on. And, you know, I think this was the first time he started back-to-back league games this season. And you can see the benefit of that, you know, when he feels settled and he'll, he'll naturally get a rhythm. And 
it's it's interesting what you mentioned about Lewis because that's probably been a problem Newcastle have had maybe is he's been exposed because in previous systems Sam Maxman naturally isn't one who tracks back for all 90 minutes so when you have someone like Amir on a good tuck in and who's so diligent like that uh, it's it's huge and I think you saw that already in the second half or first half rather when you made a, a really good uh, intervention down that flank and he's just constantly you know his energy sometimes is, works against him going forward because as I said his legs can move faster than his brain or vice versa um, but I think defensively it's it's you don't find him like running into people. He tends to use that energy well and channels it well. And, and you know, I, for me, as I said, he's, he's undroppable. I just think he he energizes the whole team. And you know, in this weird era where there's no supporters there, it doesn't seem to affect his game. He's still able to you know run and run and run and. Equally, his game, as we know, isn't just about that. But you saw that counter-attack I mentioned earlier where he uses, you know, I don't know if there's any other Newcastle player who could have taken the ball at left back and then got a counter-attack going that they nearly scored the opening goal from, you know. And that's exactly what he can bring going forward as well. So I think the key for him is that um, he can do more of that because Newcastle have real pace on the break. And that's so important in this system where... You know, we have to be defensively solid. Before we get on to Wilson, you mentioned there Almiron undroppable, but then you look at Ryan Fraser, comes off the bench, obviously gets an assist, created havoc in such a short space of time. Therefore, you couldn't be all that surprised if he's not on the door, which he's probably already been not on Steve Bruce's door saying, I want to start. And it is a positive selection dilemma, but what happens? What would you do if you come to <laughs> Southampton Friday and you've got... Ryan Fraser wanting to play obviously Alan St. Maxman and Almiron they're the yeah. three vying for them, them rules what does Steve Bruce do? It feels in the balance of the team that you can only get two of them in, in there at the moment and um, I mean when you had all three of them against Wolves for me it, it didn't work it was almost like he felt he had no other midfielder so he'd play two forwards as center mids whereas I think you can only get away with doing that with one and that's Almiron in my opinion so for me I, I I keep Fraser on the bench and that's nothing against him but I just think he, he can obviously if he if he produces another performance and cameo like that from the bench again then you're like well hang on yeah he, he really is knocking on the door but I'd be very surprised if he dropped some maximum I don't think you can even when he's not firing on full cylinders um, you still know he's that one player who can just do something ridiculous um, and Almiron for me as I said I, I personally would, would stick with him over Fraser at the moment but what we saw from Fraser in that cameo does get you excited because it's been one of the few times I think you've seen him link up with Wilson and it actually comes up for a goal and um, you just think it's a squad game, that old cliche, but that's the one area that, yeah, I'd agree with you. That's the, probably the only real dilemma. You look at the bench and it, it's been strong throughout the season where whoever's been on, so when Almiron's been on the bench, that's been a brilliant option. Uh, you've Hayden on the bench now, that's a brilliant option. You've got uh, Fraser on the bench now. You know they, They've all kind of had their turn at different bits and Fraser's only going to get better because he's, he's regained his match fitness now, so... 
I can definitely see him becoming a starter eventually. It just seems the way it's set at the moment. I don't know if he'd come in for Southampton, but yeah, he. we all know how good he is. And I think it will only drive him on now, having had a taste like that, to, to finally get in the team, you know, week in, week out. A nice dilemma to have. On to Callum Wilson then, and he is looking like arguably one of the best signings of the summer across the whole Premier League. Yeah. I mean, you just watch him, and he's just a top quality Premier League striker. You know, he's got six goals for Newcastle in, in, in seven games. Only Les Ferdinand is better than that at Newcastle, six and six. So that's not a bad name to be losing out to in terms of that record. But it just surprises me that, and I think we've spoken about this before, that there wasn't a top six side coming in for him. I don't know what they thought they were gambling on. I don't know what they thought they were risking on. For 20 million, you know, yeah. a bargain really. And he proved it again today. You know, again, at times isolated, again, doesn't see that much of the ball, but he was a nuisance, uh, you know, and he obviously he gets the goals, he's clinical, but he also is bringing other players into into the play. We answered Maxman with the, with the assist. Um, just another top quality performance by him. How did you, how did you see it? How did you sum it up? Oh, just everything you said, yeah, it, it's, um, it's, uh, I think he's been directly involved in seven of their nine league goals. And I know stats get overplayed, but that's ridiculous really for a new signing. And in some ways you're not surprised because it was the biggest no-brainer in, in so many ways. You know, it's, Yes, it's always a risk paying 20 million for a striker. Yes, there have been strikers in the Premier League before who when they've moved to another Premier League club, it's not quite happened, but he's he's been everything he kind of promised and I think as much as the goals, it's those little bits of nous and the instincts he has that Newcastle missed so much at times last season. You know, the gambling for that Fraser cross at the far post. You know, how many times that same route were we saying, oh, why isn't that this person gambling or why isn't he making that run? Or It's that basic stuff that you expect from a Premier League centre forward where he does without thinking really. And even the winning the penalty, you know, it, it's cute or it's sly or it's, you know, whatever you want to call it to use your brain and to know the defender's about to boot the ball clear. What if I just throw myself at it a little bit and win a penalty and that has Newcastle on their way. And I think the, the big thing, we've probably seen that in every game Newcastle have won. He's just had that little bit of street smart. Um, remember the Burnley game and the build-up to Sam Maxman's goal, he, kind of uses his body so well it's a borderline foul let's be honest but these are these little tricks the kind of dark arts that he's got and um, you know you're looking at him now and he's scored as many as Shelby did last season Shelby was their top scorer and he's he's really really impressed and I think he just everything about him as I said the goals the the build-up just having proper striker up there and you know, his, his fitness as well, you know, to, to bounce back from the injuries he's had and you would not know it. He's, he's adapted his game and he still has that pace in behind that I think we could see more of personally, you know, I think they can use that a bit more. Um, but what a signing he's been, I completely agree. And um, I think it's a vindication for Bruce that he wanted the hierarchy to listen to him on this uh, a signing you couldn't really imagine Newcastle making not so long ago and it's paid off. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what more we can say, really. Well, we won't say much more, but we'll allow Steve Bruce 
who was asked by reporters his view on Callum Wilson. I think the difference is in the second goal. I think that's his second or maybe third goal that he scored inside the six-yard box and he's there. And I think that's the difference. The instinct of, of what he has is wants to score a goal. Upset that I take him off with five minutes to go. Um, but he's crucial to us because he's given us that cutting edge which a goal scorer has. I mean, to have six already was matches what I think were top scorer last year. So you can imagine what kind of lift it's given to everybody. There we have. I mean, you know, Steve Bruce kind of saying what we, we already say. He's just that instinct of Callum Wilson. And it, it, we've seen it actually this season in, in the League Cup and we're not going to pick on Julian and it's not what we're doing, but it's an example of where that mean streak, that clinical edge is perhaps missing from Joe Linton. And this is exactly why Steve Bruce went after Callum Wilson, exactly why they paid the money to bring him in and exactly why he's starting. Um, and just the fact that he was angry, he got taken off. He was upset because he wanted to get a hat trick. Um, it's not the first time I think that's popped up. Happened. I can't, what game was it? It was against West, West Ham. West yeah, Ham yeah. yeah. And exactly the same story <laughs> came out that he said, look, he wanted to go and get a hat trick. But I just love that. I love that... Um, that desire and that hunger, you know, he just wants to score yeah. goals. And for for a club whose history has been built on goal scorers, it's fantastic for fans to have that kind of talisman up front. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the kind of horrible irony of it all is he's yet to play in front of the fans and the fans have yet to see him in the flesh. That's, that's almost the sad thing because he is, he's just a fan's favourite already. And you, you don't say that, I mean, even after the first couple of games, we knew that, but, his uh, his standards, you know, you all the guys who kind of came in this summer, they have such high standards. They're worth out ethic, you know, as well as being British and Irish and settling off the field. You just knew they slot into that dressing room and kind of push it even more. And I think you see that with, with Wilson in particular. You know, he, um, I think last season he might have scored six or seven in the league, and he said he didn't want to be associated with that. That was rubbish for him, and he's already kind of matched that. Uh, at Newcastle in just his first few games and um, you know, you'd fancy him now to, to really push into proper double figures and you know you think of what Perez and Rondon got a couple of years ago I think it was 12 or 13 he's well on track to, to get more than that so um, yeah he's been he's been a brilliant signing and you, you just fancy him to maintain it it doesn't feel like oh this is a fluke or a purple patch you just feel yeah there will be times inevitably where it'll go three or four or five games without a goal but I think the the final total at the end of the season will be will be impressive and will surely put them in line for, for England again and I guess in a setup where you are not having too many shots on goal it's just brilliant to have that striker there where if he misses it's more of a surprise than if he doesn't yeah. whereas maybe with Dwight Gale and maybe Joe Linton that, you know, you, you always kind of think, oh, they're going to miss the easy chances or it's going to have to come off their backside to go in perhaps. Whereas with Callum Wilson, you know, if he's four or five yards out, you're thinking he's getting that and, that, and that's going in and then, you know, it, it, it's a goal. And it's just nice to have that, that expectation and that security and that belief. And, he, and that's come off the back of him being as clinical as he has, his record and just being as good as he is in the Premier League. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I kind of feel for Gale because for me, during the restart, he's, he was one of Newcastle's best players. And I think those kind of doubts people previously had about them were, were just banished because he was actually doing some of those things, the instincts, the now just being a poacher. Um, 
I think he'll be a brilliant alternative to have when he's back fit and to throw him on for the last 20 minutes of games would be so good. So um, I think it, it'll, work, it'll work probably more in Joe Linton's favour this signing because he's not been played as that lone striker as much, certainly not against Premier League teams. And he's got someone to compliment for Gale. I think it's it's going to be interesting when he's back fit how, how he'll use him um, because... You know, feasibly, you could see him playing up front with Wilson, and that could yet be an interesting combination. But I think, as you said, it's just having that that person who you know you put your house on scoring, and he's one of those players I think who actually relishes the tap-ins more than the worldies. And Newcastle probably needed a, a player like that for a while because uh, you know they've just lacked that. That's someone who, yeah, as he said, you can put your house on and, you know, come the end of the season, he'll have 15 goals. So you mentioned England there. They'll announce the squad for the international break this week. Not only him, but also Carl Darlow in with a shout potentially. And we saw Jordan Pickford rested to the bench, um, which was a which was an interesting decision. But Carl Darlow again today when called upon did very well, especially towards the end. There was a lot of pressure um, and, you know, without using a cliche, they kind of threw the kitchen sink in Newcastle. Um, you know, I think it was Bernard with a, with a cross, which was mishitting and nearly caught Darlow out. Good save, good reaction save. Um, could Carl Darlow and Callum Wilson both be in England squad, do you think? It's, you can never really second-guess Southgate um, on that. I mean, I'd be more surprised if he dropped Pickford personally. I, I just think the way Southgate works, it's picking people on form in one hand but also knowing what they could do on the international scene on the other and um, you know it'd be interesting to see I think we've had this before in Newcastle players where the Cells has had a run of six, seven really good games he doesn't get in the squad Hayden six or seven good games he doesn't get in the squad um, you, you almost have to be like a Calvert-Lewin where you're ridiculous and in that kind of certain age group maybe to to make him kind of tear it up a bit and, and take out some of his you know trusted guys and, and give blood people but um, for me Wilson I don't think he could have done any more to get in there and um, you know you just look at the quality of strikers they have it's who would you drop out do you say Abraham or do you say uh, Calvert-Lewin even I mean it's it's really good competition I think Wilson well, only- does recognise only one more, only one other striker who could be picked yeah. and has more goals than Wilson. That is Dominic Calvin Lewin there. So I mean, on form and on paper, you would you would suggest that Wilson would be the pick. But I suppose as you say, you just you never know with with Southgate. That's it. I mean, even the goalkeepers, you know, you look at Nick Pope hasn't been particularly outstanding of late, but Southgate will feel. Uh, It'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be brilliant if both of them got in. I think it's been too long since a Newcastle player has been in the squad for whatever reason. Um, but if I'm those, those lads, I don't think it's the be all and end all. You know, it should only spur them on. And uh, you know, certainly Wilson, I think, will get his chance before before next summer. And if you keep scoring at that rate, that's that's all he's going to want to be doing. But um, yeah, that's it's a it's a good a good. Uh, Dilemma, anyway. I mean, they should both be knocking on the door, but it's as we said, we can't second guess Southgate. You know, for for how long when Jesse Lingard was playing terribly for Manchester United, was he getting in the squad? So 
he's got a, a unique way of, of putting these together. Just finally then, after that Manchester United game, you know, all hell broke loose. It was a meltdown. And here we are, Newcastle on 11 points. It hasn't been pretty for most of the season so far, but 11 points joint with, I think, the two of us would take them in the top 10. They were in the top 10 before Arsenal yeah. beat Manchester United. You know, same amount of points as Man City above Manchester United. Yeah, it's not been a bad seven games to the start of the campaign, has it? At least on, <laughs> at least on paper, at least points-wise <laughs> on paper. Yeah, performances think... could improve, but you, you take it as the point, wouldn't you? I mean, if you're a Castle United fan, looking at it on paper, you know, of course, you know, 11 points out of the first seven games is, is not a bad turnaround. No, no, on, on paper, you know, I think that's why people from outside the region have been a bit uh, mystified or, you know, you saw Roy Keane obviously earlier saying Newcastle played exciting football in years and even when they did, they didn't win anything and uh, Bruce has been doing a good job and how many times have we heard that from, from different kind of pundits uh, outside the region? I think for me, I think the points return has been good. You, Definitely positive there. I think a game like today, you, you take it a massive positive, the, the way they set up uh, the game plan. It was there for everyone to see, whereas maybe before we've been wondering what, what's going on here. But I think the next step we all want to see is just that a progression and a bit more adventure. I think it, it's, it's a real positive that they've tightened up defensively because Darlow is ridiculously busy. I don't think it's a badge of honour that he was the most busy keeper in the Premier League um, and I think the, the big thing now is just that they, they have that that more of a balance where you're you're getting the most out of some really exciting forwards and uh, you know you look at the amount of money Newcastle have spent in that department in the past not, not only the past two years but in previous years you know that someone like Jacob Murphy can you can start to get his potential as we're seeing you know um, someone like uh, some maximum that has that system because Bruce has spoken about this. It's just, he wants the system to be the one that gets the most out of him. So I think that's the next step for them. But you know, Southampton, I think, is a huge game for them because if they put in another good performance there, you're, you're starting to feel a little bit of momentum building and, and that they actually have a game plan and set up that they can stick to because um, there's been a bit of chopping and changing. And you know, it wasn't so long ago Andy Carroll was starting games and there was a certain tactic associated with that. Whereas now it's other people's turn and uh, it's down to them now and I'd be very surprised if he made any or many changes for Southampton and seeing only one change made today and it paid off and uh, that's that's really encouraging. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything is Black and White podcast and if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thank you very much for listening.